Hello and welcome to the Soulful of It podcast. We're your hosts, Carrie Raquel. And Unique Cardenas, and this is the December 2021 Transits and Terra episode on the Soulful of It podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes, subscribe, and share it out with your networks. All right, let's jump into it. Here we go. Hello, Uni. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Hello, Carrie, and welcome back to the month of December. I love this month, as you know, and I'm biased as hell, and that's because I'm a Sagittarius sun sign, and tis the season. Yeah, and you are the ember of December. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's very true because I can get really feisty really fast. You know, don't cross a fire sign. That's a catchphrase I'll never let go of. It's very true. Is it an actual catchphrase? I mean, I think I've edited it out of the podcast, so yes. Okay. <laughs> Anything that has been edited out of the podcast because I've said it before becomes a catchphrase. Wow. As long as I don't start saying rock on, we're okay. Rock on, man. Yeah, rock on. <laughs> I'm still wondering where I picked that up from, but it just like really became ingrained in my speech. You probably heard it from a dad. You know, probably. It sounds so dad-like. I probably was a dad in a past (laughs) life. Actually, that's a great segue into something that I want to share in our announcements, but we're not there yet. So first, let's check in about November. How was the month for you? We had that Scorpio new moon. We had the Taurus lunar eclipse that kicked off the eclipse portal. We're still in the portal as we're recording this. How is it treating you? You know, it's been pretty good. I'm not feeling heavy as i have in the past it feels like there's a certain type of intuitive knowing that's kind of leading me along and i'm feeling into it it feels real yeah i think for me the actual day of the eclipse was a little bit crisis energy but that's because my office lost power again usually i'm okay when something happens the first time And even the second time, but on the third time, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It's that energy, Mm. you know? So I was trying to get ready for this episode and for us to record and things were not going in my favor, but then eventually everything worked out. And that's because everything always does work out. It just doesn't necessarily go to the plan that you had in mind. Isn't that always the case? Yes. And trusting in that is the most difficult trust you will ever find. It's very mutable fire, right? Because mutable fire is Sagittarius and mutability is about our flexibility and fire is about taking initiative. And so while I couldn't currently change the circumstances in that exact moment, I was able to get some other things moving along to resolve the issue. And, you know, that is part of pulling back your arrow aiming for what you're after, letting it sling forward, which reminds me of a quote that I wanted to share at the top of this episode. And I have no idea who this quote is from because like so many quotes on the internet, it's like, where did this actually come from? I have no idea. So let me know if you do know. But it says, an arrow can only be shot by pulling it backward. When life is dragging you back with difficulties, it means it's going to launch you into something great. So just focus and keep aiming. And I think that's very Sag season. And it's a nice reminder to shoot for the stars. And you might just wait. I think it's shoot <laughs> for the moon. I don't. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. You, you know what? I shoot for Pluto because that bitch is real far out. Yeah, I just go to different galaxies because 
I'm an alien man. Yes, you are. That's the most Aquarius thing I've heard all day. Yep. <laughs> and speaking of Aquarius and Sagittarius, we did have something really cool happen last month in November. Brittany is free, bitch. Free. That's right. And it was on 11, 12, 21, which is already kind of a cool number. One, 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 two, two, one. And that was also the day that Taylor Swift re-released her version, Taylor's version of her album Red. And that's a really significant date because we had two Sagittarius females who are pop stars who have faced so much backlash from the media and lies Mm. and people just gaslighting them and trying to villainize them and make them look like these horrible people when they're just trying to live their fucking lives and make awesome music. And Taylor Swift wasn't able to buy back her own masters. So she said, fuck you. I'm going to re-release all of my own music and I'm going to capitalize on that. And I'm going to give my fans more than they ever wanted and release like a 30 song album of Red, which is unreal. And then Britney Spears on the very same day, the 12th of November, got free from her conservatorship and not just from the conservatorship of her estate, which is her money, which her dad has been like draining dry for years now. How is someone of her stature only worth $60 million? That's a very low amount for someone like her who has been touring and touring and touring with all these merchandise lines and businesses. Anyways, don't get me started. But long story short, both of those Sagittarius queens had a very epic day on that date. I love that. Do you think she did it on purpose? Um, it was written in the stars. You mean Taylor Swift? Yeah. Yes, I do actually, because the original release of Red was on 11 21 12 oh and so the new re-release so the original was on the inversion of the numbers us sagittarius we have a weird thing about numbers it's true it is the language of god it is it is and the thing about numbers is that they are universal and they're cross-culture you can speak to somebody in the language of numbers no matter what other languages they speak and art is very much the same way and Sagittarius is actually number seven. Mm. The number seven has a correspondence to it. So you mm. can keep that in mind whenever you encounter the sevens. Well, that in the ruling of Jupiter might make sense for why they're so fucking lucky. Yeah, lucky number seven. seven. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, yeah, just some great news that happened from last month. The eclipse portal started off a little intense, but it's eased as we've gotten into it. I hope it's been the same for our listeners and if it hasn't hold the perspective that this too shall pass because the eclipse portal is only a two-week time period and you're listening to this episode at the beginning of december you got 48 more hours if you're listening to it on the first it's almost over and then we have eclipse events to follow which can be gifts in disguise that don't necessarily always look like gifts when you receive (laughs) them (laughs) they never look like gifts though yeah usually not Any announcements? Yes. So I hinted at this. One of the things I wanted to mention was that I had the most amazing past life regression session with my friend Daniel on Instagram. He is at the past life regressionist. So pretty easy to remember. And he helped me travel through four different lifetimes in a I think it was four or five hour session. And it was really profound and awesome. And 
such a powerful space holder to have been able to help me witness myself and to heal parts of myself that were still fractured in some way and Mm. that I was carrying with me in this current life. So that was a really cool experience that I had. And I would highly recommend him to anybody who's looking for that experience. I did it 100% virtual and had an amazing time. So I think that if you're in the California area, I think he's near like LA. You could probably do it in person if you wanted to. Or if you're like me and you don't live in California or you do live in California, it's a really big state. (laughs) You don't want to travel however far it is. You could certainly do a virtual session with him and have your own experience of witnessing your own self in your own past lives and getting to gain some more knowledge on where you're coming from so that you can live with more vitality in the current life that you are in mm. as you're building the future that you're you're working towards. Mm, I love that. Yeah, it was very cool. Other announcements are happy birthday to our Sagittarius and Capricorns. Jesus, there's so many. <laughs> I know, there's a lot. We do really like them, don't we? So we've got Emily, Nura, Michaela, me, 12-12, yes. <laughs> 21 this year. It's a cool date. Dane, Talon. Gabe and Nala and Dylan. Oh, my God. How could I forget my boy? <laughs> Katrina, Nala, Oh, yeah. Katrina, Nam, Dennis, my mom, my dad. Who else? so many i'm like that's just who i could think of at the top of my head and everybody else if we didn't mention you by name we love you yeah we're just sending all of that beautiful sagittarian fiery energy you are the sun of my life <laughs> the ember of december <laughs> re-ember re-ember the embers december. of december <laughs> oh my god this is already ridiculous and we are not even to the tarot yet okay good but i think that is all of the announcements that we have here at the top of the episode so without further ado uni if you would like to introduce the tarot that we pulled for the month of december and give us a little bit of insight on what do these cards look like and what the hell do they mean Well, we have the world again. This is not the first time that we're encountering the world, obviously. Uh, And it's coming up for us right here, right now. And I love the world because it has this very much reef-looking thing. It could be a garland. I don't know. But it's a portal and it has all the fixed lines of astrology surrounding it in the clouds. And I like to think that it makes up like the very fabric or the foundation of like the universe in a sense. And that portal is always you and you're always able to step on through. And what awaits you on the other side? Well, it's like that's where you get to choose. And the choice that that is the sacrament for our queen, which we will talk about later. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And it's cool that you use the word portal to describe the world because I've actually never thought about it that way, but I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, absolutely, that is a portal. Ironically, we are in a portal. Oh. And the world is a significator of an ending, of a completion of a cycle. And what is December, if not the end of the year and the end of the cycle of that calendar year? Yeah, at least in the Gregorian calendar, but also it's the initiation of something new. It's literally coming right back to that zero and the zero is a portal as well i also like it because it's alluding to the fool 
Yes, absolutely. Because the world as it ends reopens and we begin again mm. at zero, which is the fool, right? Yep. And what is the wreath around wreath around this individual other than a big zero, which is what the fool is, card number zero. Yeah, that's how I see it. And then also the red at the bottom, it makes a little X and it's almost like X marks the spot and it's where you're crossing into. But it's also like the crossroads and those in-between spaces and that's where the magic happens, right? It's a climax card. Is that what you're getting at? I mean, yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I do have a lyric for this card that I think is very fitting. It's a song called Not the End of the World by Katy Perry. And the lyrics say, it's not the end of the world. No, not the end of the world. Throw on your fancy attire or strip it off. <laughs> <laughs> Fears in the fire. Don't lose hope. It's no funeral we're attending. Actually, just the beginning. And I love that because it isn't the end. It is the beginning. And that's the most important perspective to hold with the world is like celebrate that it's over, but also celebrate that something new is coming. Yeah, it's a chapter in your life and there's still more life to be had as we move into death. As we move into death. So that's our next card. Yep. And uh, I don't know. Did you have something else you wanted to add on to that amazingness of the world? Oh, no, I think the world speaks for herself. I need not put more words in her mouth. That is so true. <laughs> <laughs> and the death has quite, you know, the presence. So, yeah, death is a midnight runner is what they used to say. And by they, I mean, like uh, Davey Havoc. But um, it's very much that way. It's always in movement. It's always in motion. And I like to look at this card in very much that way. If you look at the traditional Smith Rider weight, it has death riding in on a white horse. Riding a white horse. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a dead king and there's children and people at the front of the horse. And I like to think of it, it's in passing. You got to enjoy. Well, I mean, you can't really enjoy it. <laughs> uh, you have to surrender to it. You got to accept. You got to let go and maybe this is representative of the grief aspect that we may encounter as we're moving through the world and like stepping in through that portal we are leaving aspects of ourselves behind or just opening up to the receptivity waiting on the other side of whatever you're giving i love that and it was pointed out to me that the rose on that flag that death is marching forward with is a two-door rose, not a one-door. Just kidding. It's called a two-door. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, what? I was like, it's just a rose. So it has to do with war. And so it can also signify the wars that we have won or lost. In this instance of this card, it certainly looks like he's a winner. Yeah, or like the wars that we have lost with our past are now coming to an end. It's a ghost now. She's passing in my deck that I have, it literally has a horse and a man that are covered in wet drapes in the middle of the ocean with that beautiful dark flag. And a white rose is a symbol of purity. And I think that we do need purity as we pass on to the next realm. And that happens every night when we go to sleep. We just happen to return. Yep. It's another portal. And speaking of portals, our next card is the queen of pentacles 
The queen of portals. Yeah, holding a portal <laughs> in her hand as she sits on her throne in this beautiful, lovely garden. And she's a deep reminder to be mindful of the ground that you step on and be mindful of the things that are receptive, especially when we're feeling these transitional spaces or places where we're lacking. And she's inviting you to tend to that, tend to you. I had a beautiful surrender when I had to really let a piece of myself die in the middle of this eclipse portal. I threw myself on the ground and it caught me and just leaving pieces of that there and letting it nurture you. And like, I just noticed that that little rabbit right there. Did you ever notice that? It kind of blends in in the front. Yeah. The Smith Rider weight traditional. Mm-hmm. So it's like telling you to look before you leap. When it's also saying that in the middle of what's about to be the winter season here in the northern hemisphere, we can always look forward to spring. That's when all those fucking bunnies come out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the daylight savings again, the spring forward. Yeah. <laughs> we actually do lose an hour during that one. I gain an hour. Well, I think I like that perspective that yeah. you have. <laughs> in these suits cards they are focused not on all the many different pentacles but really just the one that's in her lap and so i think that when you pull the queen of pentacles it's also asking you are you paying attention to what actually matters mm-hmm. or are you running around putting out fires that are fucking irrelevant and they're not your fires to put out and you're wasting your time and your energy You're doing all these little tasks that aren't getting you anywhere closer to the goal that you're set out for, which is very Sagittarius season. Mm. So when Queen of Pentacles shows up, it's like, how can you trim the fat so that you can just focus on what is actually of importance? Yeah, your foundations at that point. Yes. It's also like the Pentacles are are actually the value that we're Mm. putting on the things. And what matters most is just the basics as Lilo and Stitch say, it's not quantity, it's quality. Quality. And you're definitely Stitch. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Does that make me Lilo? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I could get down with that. Mm. For sure. Uh, <laughs> Katie's uh, our mom. <laughs> she kind of does look like her. She did take me trick-or-treating a couple years ago Uh, as a full-grown adult. That passes for a child. Gemini rising. I look young, but I ain't. And uh, that's a good segue for the next card, I think, because you have the Knight of Cups. And the Knight of Cups is going to be moving, carrying his cup full of water with his hat full of wings. (laughs) He has a really cool hat. We haven't talked about how cool the hats are in a while, and he's got a really cool one. He's got probably the best one. It's a winged hat, but... It's, it's flying high like his ideals and his his horse is moving slowly but it's taking its time and it's i feel connected to the queen it's telling you to take care of yourself so that you can keep moving forward it becomes almost like your protection yes and he has winged feet as well in that dope ass armor that he's wearing uh, now that's something i didn't notice they go together yeah because then he's watching his footsteps and his mind (laughs) where it wanders yes and i do think with this card that the invitation is a very strong pull towards trusting your intuition 
and spending time to develop your intuition, which I feel like when people say that, you're like, yeah, okay, sure. Like, but how am I going to develop my intuition? You can do it in any really small way. Like I've seen a couple of people who put out these TikTok videos where they have two different things in their hands and they have you focus on it and then guess, you know, which hand has which item and they tell you what the items are or what colors they are. And then you guess and it's like, yeah, it feels terrible when you get it wrong. But if you keep doing it and you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you actually are developing your intuition and your intuition is like it's like a mental muscle. And it takes time and it takes practice and it takes stability, which the Queen of Pentacles can help with. Mm -hmm. It requires you to allow things to end so that new things can begin, which is very the world, very death. And it takes that stability and persistence of the Knight of Cups to keep moving forward with your cup full of all your fucking feelings. Without letting your head wander into places that is going to keep you off of that pursuit. Yes, and those wings are very mercurial. Yeah. And the messenger energy that they have, that like you are using your thoughts to guide you forward. You're not allowing them to distract you, which I think that often can happen mm -hmm. with our thoughts because we believe our thoughts, which is foolish because a lot of our thoughts are just completely irrational and irrelevant. Yeah, and that colors the way that we move around in the world. It really does. It influences us greatly. And speaking of influence, that brings us to our last card. Yeah, which is? The Hierophant. Card of the year. That's right. 2021, 2021. Add them all up. You get five. And the fifth card of the Major Arcana is the Hierophant. And we have been embodying this energy all year. So it makes sense that we pulled this card as the card that we're meant to embody in mm. the final month of the year. And for me, this card is very much a coming home to how you choose to interact with your own beliefs in this world and how you create space for your own beliefs to change. I think that it's appropriate that it came out at the end of the year because it started off the year and isn't that the world as well? Like the ending is a beginning. But yeah, I've been very much in this energy. We've all been. It's like, how do you deal with the fact that nobody fucking knows anything and it's just working out somehow <laughs> some way and uh how do you be the teacher while simultaneously being the student and give yourself the tending to make your mistake while you're learning yeah and to not let that mistake that you make prevent you from going after learning more and trying again mm -hmm. or even being able to see beyond that limitation that one thing that you messed up that's keeping you from like seeing the other areas in your own garden that you have been tending to that maybe you aren't noticing right off the bat like no actually you are not the same person no this is not the same situation everything's slightly different but it's tailored towards your growth and that you can have different beliefs around different people in different circumstances that it can shift dependent on the environment that your belief is existing within. <laughs> yes, bubble portals and portals. <laughs> <laughs> Say bubbles and bubbles. <laughs> I mean, a portal is kind of just like a bubble, right? Yeah. Hate to burst your bubble. I'm happy to burst bubbles around here. It's <laughs> uh, fire season over yeah, here. So. Slinging her arrows. Let it burn. 
So speaking of the Hierophant and that being the card for the year, we both chose a word for the year. And I'd love if you'd remind us what your word was, Uni, and I'll share mine as well, but I'd love to hear yours first. Mm, mine was valor, which is very much literally what I just talked on. Just giving yourself the wiggle room to fuck up as you're going along and having the courage to like look at that and not hold yourself as a fuck up and continue to remind yourself and remember that there is like a golden nugget within you and just like gold stays gold under the earth without it ever seeing the light yet it will always be shiny when it comes out into the light so are you and you have to live through your experiences in order to get to that shiny nugget in the dark talking about gifts that don't look like gifts there's one does it look like a chicken nugget is that why uh i hope so a a (laughs) muck nugget (laughs) I heard that you and Katie were getting down on some chicken nuggets. Muck nuggets, the most, <laughs> they're far superior nugget. They're this, the best, worst nuggets you could ever have. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> That's a great nugget of wisdom to share with us. Do you think that your word really played out for you then over the year? I think it's helped a lot, yeah. As I said, I surrendered to myself and fell to the ground and just remembered, oh, yeah. I am made of the ground. I am the earth. I am all of the things. So let me just continue small. Is that what you call smolting? I think so. Where like the snake drops all of its skin. No, that's molting. Oh, shit. Whoops. Wrong <laughs> yeah, one. yeah. No. Okay. We'll take it. We could take molting. <laughs> molting works well. Yeah. This I don't know what smolting is. It sounds like a smutty version of molting. It's like, I don't know. Make it <laughs> a sexy. A slutty version of molting. <laughs> my word for 2021 was easy i guess speaking of sluts (laughs) just kidding it wasn't in that context guys but my word was easy because i wanted to help my mind reframe things from the perspective of oh god i wish i have everything always has to be so hard like i just had a lot of that rhetoric in me and i mean i was just talking about dealing with losing power and You know, it it being hard and annoying, blah, blah, blah. But like things can be easier and we can instantly make things easier when we choose to stop creating stories around how it's always hard. It doesn't always have to be hard. And who's to say that it always was hard anyways? That's all just perspective. Yeah. And you could have been the one coloring that in. When I look at the hair font, we didn't go into the description of the card either. (laughs) (laughs) We have backtracked a little bit. So like we didn't go into the description of the card, but in my deck, which I have the Somnia deck, it has just this ghost sitting in front of a door and there's darkness behind that door. And darkness is the not knowing. And it's like, are you going to be at the door worshiping the door? To the kingdom or are you just going to get to the kingdom because it's available to you always? The door is just there. You can just walk around. Like you don't have to open it. And that's also the vastness of the pool of love that's available to us always. How to remember that when we're in our own murky waters. And when we're in the mentality of everything's so hard, nothing comes easy then we're really not in that love energy at all. We're not tapping into the higher self energy, which is Hierophant energy. We're missing out on a lot of things that we could not be missing out on if we were just to allow ourselves 
to let things be easy. And that was the phrase I was working with throughout this year was, let it be easy. Just let it be easy. And how can I let it be easy? And it definitely has served me to allow it to be easy in different circumstances throughout the entire year. And I think I'll carry that on forward into 2022 with me. Although I'm going to choose a new word. I just don't know what it is yet. And we're going to talk about it on the next episode. Do you have your word picked out? I don't have it yet, but I think I need to. All right. So we'll be sitting with it Uh and figuring that out and sharing that on the next episode. But if you guys are also into choosing a word and playing with that for the new year, I highly recommend it. I think that could be really beneficial. And my secondary word that I did choose was trust. In true Gemini Rising fashion, I chose two words. So I had easy and I had trust. And how can I make it easy to trust? Mm. And that's also been really challenging for me, but something that I'm continuing to work on and deepen my capacity to trust myself and as a side effect, others. Mm. Trust the self, man, to stay on your course. It can be really challenging. Yeah, it definitely can. But so worthwhile. And speaking of things that are worthwhile, let's jump into the transits for December. Get ready, folks. There's a ton of them. So our very first transit that we're going to unpack in this episode is on Wednesday, the 1st of December. Neptune is going to be stationing direct. And this forward momentum from the planet of dreams, spirituality, and illusion lifts the veil from our eyes. Neptune's direct movement asks of us, can you see clearly now that the rain is gone? And Okay, yes, that's a song lyric, but it speaks to the same notion of clarity that we are not only seeking, but being offered on this first day of December. What internal wisdom have you gained from your higher self, well ancestors, or spirit guides since Neptune stationed retrograde back in June? If you've been soul searching, and I reckon on some level that we all have, what have you discovered in that process? What parts of you are ready now to awaken as we near the winter solstice and deepen our journey into the winter season in the Northern Hemisphere? These are questions to consider. And with the tarot, I see this transit speaking to the Hierophant with the trusting of our inner knowing, as well as the world with the retrograde period bringing and ending and beginning with it. Uni, how do you see Neptune's direct movement interacting with the tarot this month? I feel that Knight of Cups. I feel that Knight of Cups immensely because thank God the veil has been lifted and that we are finally direct because now we're getting the chance to not let our head just run loops around us. And the elucidatory factor within it that makes you like seek this escapism. And I think the Queen of Pentacles as well as I hear to kind of reel us back in to be the grounding element that we need to have our feet on the ground and our head in the clouds so that we aren't just like lost and taken by it and that i think gives us like the forward momentum to be both the caretaker and the teacher student the caretaken the caretaken <laughs> the kraken caretake me <laughs> what is the kraken <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't it an octopus? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I just discovered this because Seattle has a new team, the Kraken. Okay, what's Kraken? It's, it's, what's Kraken? <laughs> they do hockey, I guess. 
I love that. I talk so well about sports. I'm like, they do hockey. Yeah. They hit a ball with a stick on some ice. I can watch it. I love hockey, actually, for the violence. (laughs) (laughs) It's like modern day gladiators without people dying on ice. It's also the only (laughs) sport you can watch. I mean, it's the one sport that I feel like I can tell where the ball is going. And it's not even a ball. It's a fucking puck. What the puck? What the puck? (laughs) So we do start the month out with that direct movement with Neptune. And then following that on Friday, the third, not even a week into the month, as we pass through the threshold of the final eclipse portal of 2021, we welcome in the Sagittarius solar eclipse on the third. And solar eclipses are always new moons. And so they are about a sense of renewal and they present an opportunity to usher in some new energy on a pretty big scale. This solar eclipse is at 12 degrees Sagittarius, which of course I love, and forms a square to Neptune, who is now direct in Pisces. And this is encouraging us to be productive with the forward momentum of the planet of possibility. The solar eclipse also features the ongoing tension of the Saturn-Uranus square in the background, keeping us aware of how change takes time. And time is a human construct created to give us some sense of control over our lives when really control is the greatest illusion. Saying that out loud, that also feels like Neptunian wisdom. Yeah, it really does. And this eclipse is going to be felt most intensely by folks who have mutable placements like both of us. And I'm speaking to you, fellow Sagittarius, Gemini, Virgo, and Pisces people. Now, I don't say that to get you concerned. Feeling something strongly isn't always a bad thing. You can ask your fixed sign friends, Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, and Aquarius about that as they likely felt the Taurus lunar eclipse just two weeks ago very strongly themselves. And they survived. And so will you. And the purpose of listening to this podcast is hopefully to help you do more than just survive. We share these downloads with you because we want to help you thrive. And eclipses are portals of transformation. They tend to speed things up. You may not have expected to change roles at work, to move into a different home base, or to welcome a new member into your family, but whatever form the change has taken in your life, it's here. And we benefit from not labeling that change as good or bad. We can either welcome what's here now, or we can fight it. The former of those two options will make accepting the shifts around you more easeful The latter will make it so you feel the clash of Saturn and Uranus in a way that keeps you on the defense. There is no time management without self-management first. And I've personally got a front row seat to this revelation as I'm still actively navigating my Saturn return. In addition to the squares, we have the new moon in an inconjunct aspect to Uranus and Taurus. Inconjuncts are 150 degree aspects between planets that really have nothing in common because they're sitting in different elements, different modalities and different polarities. And so this adds an energy of confusion and compromise into the mix. The changes that are happening around us don't all make sense. And they're also asking that we surrender our desire to control the outcome, which sounds simple and yet it can be really challenging to do. With this eclipse in Sagittarius, which is Yang mutable fire, we can gain perspective by being flexible or mutable 
in our pursuit of knowledge and in allowing ourselves to continue onward even when we don't have all the information in our hands. And I know I say this often and it's a very sun sign Sagittarius thing to say, but knowledge is power. And power, whenever we have it, is a responsibility. Perhaps then at times when we feel that we are lacking knowledge, what we're really lacking is the weight of responsibility that having the knowledge would put upon us. Mm. My hot take on this in conjunction is let's cultivate gratitude for what we do and what we don't know and trust that everything is happening for us, not to us. We are not victims. We are not victors. We are spiritual beings having a human experience and we don't need to complicate everything by having a reaction, label, or an opinion about it. All right, I know that's a lot of information, but now that I've spoken to some of the more challenging aspects, I'd love to highlight some of the positive aspects the solar eclipse offers. First, there's a trine to Chiron in Aries. This helps us along our journey of learning more about ourselves and ultimately deepening our capacity to choose ourselves. We also have a sextile to Saturn, lightening the weight of that Saturn Uranus square that I just mentioned. Lastly, we have Venus conjunct Pluto and a sextile to Mars and Scorpio. There is power in our ability to advocate for what we want and need within our relationships. As we exit the eclipse portal, we will all receive a gift, just as with the lunar eclipse, which ushered us into the portal, cost us some sort of admission. This will look different from person to person, but with this Pluto-Venus conjunction in sextile to Mars, who is also in a square to Jupiter, there is a big opportunity within our relationships to gain clarity on who we are in context of each other and how the roles that we play can hurt, help, hinder, or support our co-creative soul evolution. The core message that I'm getting from this eclipse is to redefine what freedom looks and feels like and to hold space or create opportunities for others to find freedom for themselves. Don't hold yourself back from shooting your arrows. And also, don't try to hold anyone else back. Let them shoot their arrows, even if you can't see what the fuck it is that they're aiming at. I'm definitely picking up on death and the world with the solar eclipse, but also some Queen of Pentacles. What's the vibe that you're catching, Uni? The same like where are you putting your value how are you folding over to the changes that are at hand and how do you like also just hold your own respect other people while you're in that and yourself as you're learning to have this more self-advocacy about yourself what happens when you are doing your best and then it's not necessarily lining up how do you hold yourself through that and maybe like also the rigidity of our minds not being able to let ourselves go enough to be able to allow ourselves to be all right is maybe why she's holding it the queen of pentacles yeah i'm like mm. what if it's almost like in the force where it looks like he's holding it a little too tightly or maybe she's grasping it too tight and it's really in the releasing of it that you're unlocking like the body sensations of it to be able to trust fully is to be able to be relaxed and to be relaxed requires you to feel safe and safety is again a construct in our mind that we are creating and the truth of it is that there is no full knowing or understanding there's no like revelation that's going to give us all of it because essentially we are just peering into a mirror mm. 
Mm -hmm. It's just reflecting over and over and over. It's different cycles that we repeat or that we cycle through and get a new cycle. And with eclipses, and this eclipse in particular, because it's a mix of the Taurus that opened and the Sagittarius that closed, this is the eclipse that passes the baton to the next eclipse cycle that will last for the next 18 months. So we are really making some big releases here and we are also opening ourselves up to receive some really profound gains. Mm. But if we spend all of our time and energy focused on what we lost, then we're never going to see what we're gaining. Mm. And if you're like me and it's the holidays, it's weight, baby. Lots and lots of cookies, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and fruitcake for, for you, Uni. I know you love that fruitcake. I almost bought one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Yes. You just wanted to have that memory of Italy? Maybe I like it now. Yeah, well. I don't know. I'm a different person now. <laughs> <laughs> and aren't we all coming out of this eclipse? And that is the energy of eclipse season. And so if you had a good two-week period and you were like, wow, this is amazing. Like, go spread that fucking energy because a lot of people <laughs> were not feeling that way. I wasn't. <laughs> right? And if you weren't feeling it and you were like, wow, this is really intense. The good news is that it only lasted two weeks. The bad news is that eclipse events tend to happen after the eclipse portal. But back to the good news, you can reframe those as being good things that are headed your way. Yeah. And because we don't know, it's like you can't say it's good until later. And by later on, it's probably the greatest fucking thing you've ever had. That's right. You don't know what you don't know. And sometimes that in and of itself is a gift. Mm -hmm. And from there, our next transit on Monday, December 13th, we have Mars moving from its empowered home placement of Scorpio into the land of the adventurous Sage Sagittarius. This transit is about making big picture moves and not getting tripped up on all the little pieces that form the whole. I have my natal Mars in Sagittarius and something I've always said when I'm feeling tired, like I'm running on empty is that once I run out of energy, all I have left to run off of is enthusiasm. And enthusiasm is defined as intense and eager enjoyment, interest, or approval. Essentially, it's joy. So on the light side of this transit, the question to ask yourself during the next nearly five weeks is, how can I create joy in my everyday movements. It reminds me of when I've moved literally from like one apartment to another. And the realization that I had when I was framing how hard it is to move all these heavy boxes as a workout instead of just this horrible task that I have to do and I don't want to do. I'm only five foot two, so moving big things really isn't my jam. But when I change my mindset, from I have to get this shit move to I get a free workout today and I'm getting it for moving all this shit and I'm going to feel so accomplished when it's done. That has really served me well and it's actually made moving fun for me. And moving was never fun for me until I made that shift in my perspective. And I guess I bring that up because I am hoping to move in the new year. That is a big goal of mine for 2022. I want to move bigger apartment, house, whatever it is, I'm holding the vision. And the boxes. And the boxes, that's right. I really am. I was just <laughs> telling Uni I've got a box problem where 
I keep hoarding boxes. It's like the only item I'm really hoarding and I just can't part with boxes. Maybe it's because they are symbolic. Yeah, I was like, because you don't know yet, but you're going to be ready for it. That's wild. <laughs> I didn't know that that was maybe why I've been hoarding boxes. Dave has been like, you need to let these go. And I've been like, it's such a good box, though. <laughs> Have you seen this box? It's really good. You need to let this go. <laughs> He's like bringing the box over to the recycling. And I'm like, drop it. That's my box. He's gonna he's gonna not uh tell you anything once you guys move out and you have everything. Yeah, why you gotta be so boxy? <laughs> and on the shadow side of this transit, Mars and Sagittarius can be overlooking of important details in favor of the bigger picture and then essentially just drop the ball. So it's important to not overcommit yourself during December, but especially like during the holidays with family, friends, coworkers. If you don't know if you can follow through on what you're about to say yes to, then just don't say yes to it. Mm. Say, I'll have to get back to you or I don't know yet, but I should know by whatever date. And it's just better not to commit and not deliver than it is to overcommit and under deliver. And, you know, Sagittarius, we don't necessarily like to commit anyways. Yeah. So just tap into that energy and you'll be fine. But you love <laughs> to over deliver. We do. Absolutely. Above and beyond. I got a box for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey they're not gonna have to look for boxes to bear me in when i it's my time i'm sure i'll have a box for that we're burning you oh my god how rude what you didn't the, ask me what i wanted the ember of december i thought <laughs> you said you were the sunlight the okay sunshine. i actually oh, do think mind. i want to be burned so there you go you're actually right thanks for asking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just teasing do you see any specific cards popping out for Mars entering Sagittarius? Mars entering Sagittarius. That's my native as well. Mm-hmm. My natal native. I just see it in that exact same way. Getting all the things done, but maybe overlooking the little details. But they're minor details. So maybe that's where we tap into that Mercury energy off the hat of the Knight of Cups and then also consider our Hierophant self. How would somebody else handle this that isn't me on my power trip? How would the elder version of me handle this? The future ancestor that is peering back at you from the mirror world, Mm. which is the portal of the world. All these portals. We got to start a company called Portal Potties. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Take you from one world to the next, one (laughs) shit at a time. (laughs) It's a pretty, like, marketable business. I think so. They make money. You got to have a shitter. And we everybody does need one. So. And self-cleaning ones in the city. I mean, hopefully somebody listening takes that idea and runs with it. (laughs) There you go. Planting seeds. Always. And pulling weeds. And on that same day that Mars is entering Sagittarius, we have Mercury entering Capricorn on Monday, the th- Monday, December 13th. And Mercury in Capricorn is a transit about communicating what matters, what's practical and what messages serve to help move things forward. It's not a transit for hollow conversations or gossip. It's a transit meant to help aid us in getting down to business, staying focused and using our words and ideas to help us progress forward. It also has to do with what kind of information you are bringing in. Like, are you just consuming nonsense? Is this actually helping you? Are you learning something? Is it triggering you? Is it putting you into a state of panic? 
I mean, I've had to take news apps off my phone during this whole pandemic stuff because waking up to death toll numbers was freaking me out and crushing my Pisces heart into a million pieces and just not good for me and my mental health. And with Venus also in Capricorn, alongside Mercury entering Capricorn, we're going to benefit from thinking before we speak and from questioning the information that we're consuming, asking ourselves if what we're about to share or what we're about to consume is helpful, necessary, and contributing to the conversation or contributing to our soul evolution or distracting from it. Mm. Do you see this connecting to any of the specific cards that we pulled? The soul garden of the queen of pentacles. Mm. Capricornian energy is always practical. It's always rooted. It's always remembering the important piece. Absolutely. Staying grounded in the way that we approach our conversations. And you can still bring fun to it while still getting down to business. Yeah, it doesn't have to be all dry and like hard. I think it's just being able to know how not to waste time. Yes. Keep it short, keep it easy, keep it simple. I think sometimes we overcomplicate things and we try to say so much more than what we need to that are just going for it. And what happens sometimes when we have these, I don't know, like body sensations, because sometimes we're receiving things through our body that we can't really share, communicate with our words. And that's when we need to dance. Or draw or do yoga any creative or expressive type of movement which is also very knight of cups and it's also uh, it makes me think of the capricorn when it's moving up the mountain when it's in the mountains in the water it's everywhere it's just it's movement and motion it can't be tamed (laughs) exactly just like the sagittarius i mean they're neighbors for a reason Uh, yeah So after we have both Mars entering Sagittarius and Mercury entering Capricorn on the 13th, on Saturday the 18th, we have the Gemini full moon and Gemini is Yang mutable air ruled by Mercury, the sign of communication. Gemini's archetypes include the storyteller, the messenger, the communicator, essentially all saying the same damn thing. The star. That's right. And so naturally, communication is a super important focus for this full moon. And this full moon, like the solar eclipse in Sagittarius earlier this month, will add some intensity for mutable signs, Sagittarius, Gemini, Virgo, and Pisces. And an aspect that stands out to me with this one is that we have a mutable T-square between the full moon, because the sun and the moon are opposite, right? When the moon is full, and Neptune, who is in Pisces, now direct. And this is highlighting the conflict of dreaming and dreaming and dreaming and then feeling defeated about how potentially unrealistic our dreams are when the reality is that our dreams might be totally possible. But perhaps we've been in the ideation phase too long and we haven't been developing or executing an actual plan. Dreams are like thoughts. They're not particularly useful if they're never spoken into life. It's also similar to the truth of manifestation which is that we aren't likely to manifest something by sitting on our asses and imagining it alone. We do have to make moves in order to bring our manifestations out of the realm of possibilities and into the physical world. Sometimes the bridge between ideation and execution is simply believing in yourself and a willingness to try and fail, pivot the process, try again. Even in the face of failing over and over, we must keep going if we really want to evolve. 
And we have the full moon in a trine to Jupiter, who is in its final days in Aquarius, here to aid us with the tension of the mutable T-square. Don't overlook what's going well just because the familiarity of dwelling over what isn't going as well is tempting you. Misery does love company, so don't be a company. Be a nonprofit. (laughs) And (laughs) lean on your supporters to remind you that expansion is and always has been your birthright. Full moons offer us an opportunity to let go. And with the full moon in Gemini, what you're releasing may not be something you can see in your hands. It may be the story you've been telling yourself about yourself or another person. It may be the details you've clinged to that are actually irrelevant in the long game. With Mars opposing the North Node in its final moments in Gemini, it may be releasing self-criticism around the actions you think you should have taken to help form the future that you're awaiting. You can look to where you have Gemini in your chart to get a better sense of what area in your life could benefit from some sort of purging. There are many more aspects going on with this Gemini full moon, but to cover them all would eat up the rest of this episode. So instead, I'll share the general message that I feel this full moon is offering us. When we include others in our conversations, we can find collaborative solutions to our problems. Asking for help or input requires strength and silencing the ego in favor of opening ourselves up to receive support. It also creates an opportunity to hear different perspectives, which can help shift us out of our tunnel vision into a more expansive realm of seeing how many other routes forward are actually available to us. Don't be afraid to share your dreams with those around you for they just might surprise you by helping to illuminate a pathway of possibility to bring your dream to life in a way that you've never before imagined. I love this full moon. It's big one for both of us because we're Gemini risings. I love it too. And I love that whole little description that you gave because yeah, if you want to think about it, you're looking at your piece of the puzzle. You're looking at your stance on the crossroads. Other people are seeing theirs. And unless you're speaking your truth out, unless you're talking about your dreams, you don't know where they may be staring at. So they could be looking down the hallway that you like completely ignored or never even considered and the moment that they heard you share this piece of information they almost like project their light into that hallway so that you can see it as well or have access to it i I like to see it as tunnels hallways threads rivers currents portals portal potties Uh, yeah (laughs) if you say so (laughs) it's just this company is the shit man oh my god (laughs) Uh, yeah, the full moon in Gemini, it's one of those that I always look forward to because I have a Sag sun and it's opposite to me and I am a Gemini rising like you are uni. And I do think that it's so important to remember the collaborative nature of Gemini. A lot of Gemini's brilliance is in their ability to bring together all these different pieces, all this other research from all these different places and all these different brilliant minds and people that they know and to bring that together, melt it into one pot and make something really fucking dope out of it. Do you see any of these cards connecting to this full moon in Gemini? That beautiful illumination is just, it's the world because also the world, if you look at it in Egyptian tarot, it has to do with knowing your gifts, knowing your magic, you're in the depth, you're able to, tap into your psychic powers you're also able to see what's behind the scenes yeah 
And you're also able to just be okay with the things that you can't see and to trust that you are going to begin again. It's the small things that you can't see that matter most. And that's being highlighted and illuminated with that full moon. It's like with Gemini is about the communicator, right? So it's not what you said, it's how you said it. And the next transit that we have is a pretty important one. We mentioned this in the last episode and now it's here. Venus will station retrograde in Capricorn on Sunday, December 19th. This transit is about recognizing the power exchange that exists within our relationships and actively choosing not to abuse or try to subdue it. Venus retrogrades are known for being make it or break it relationship transits. This applies to folks who are just starting out dating, folks who've been together long term or are married, and yes, even folks who aren't in a relationship because we all have relationships in our lives. And Venus retrograde doesn't cherry pick the romantic ones. It impacts all of them. And the next six weeks will offer both challenges and opportunities to gain clarity within your relationships. In the sign of Capricorn, this Venus retrograde emphasizes how relationships intersect with our sense of purpose and our ambitions. A mantra that I love for Venus retrograde in Capricorn is, I can prioritize my relationships and my ambitions. I do not have to sacrifice one for the other in the pursuit of my purpose. Compromise is always a key word for a Venus retrograde period, but for this one, it's coupled with boundary setting and maintaining balance. The retrograde period is six weeks for a reason. Learning how to set and maintain boundaries within our relationships takes time, just as recognizing what is balanced and what is not also requires practice. A quote that I really love for this transit is from spiritual teacher and thought leader Teal Swan who says, at the heart of every relationship problem is a problem between you and yourself. Venus retrograde transits occur once every 18 months, and it's during this time that we get a really close-up view of ourselves through other people. I think that we'll see this theme of mirroring become an even bigger focus for us in 2022, which is a lover's year. And something that we're going to be exploring deeper on the January transits and tarot episode together. How do you think this connects to the tarot? It's connected to the queen of pentacles because that is a value that you're holding. And if she's nurturing the people around her, well, that's you too. You're holding those people. And in a sense, they're providing some sort of return on you because then now you have like the purpose and value of showing up for them and it makes you feel good. And That feels very earthly. That feels very like grounding. And Capricorn is about grounding. And and what you said about showing up, I think, is very important and something that can be easily overlooked. A lot of the times in our relationships, whether they're romantic or they're platonic, the bottom line, desire, want, need, whatever you want to call it, is that we just want people to show up for us. Yeah. We just need people to show up for us. And if you don't define what showing up for you looks like, then the other person in the relationship is just shooting blanks into the sky. They don't know where to aim and they need to know where to aim so that you can work together. When it comes to relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, again, any kind of relationship, if you don't give the person a review, how can you just go and fire them? You do need to give them a review. You need to let them know what they're doing well or doing poorly. Same thing for a promotion. 
You don't just give someone a promotion. They don't go from being your boyfriend to your husband without a review. Yeah. That doesn't happen. And if it does happen in a company, then it's not going to last the long haul. And Capricorn is business energy. Yeah. And what's the business of our relationship? That's the question. Yeah. And you could think that revision period is also the death card because it's like now you're getting ready for that review before you're stepping into that decision of cutting it or continuing forward with it. It's also the hair font because now you're having to manage seeing that value, recognizing your own value and the other person's values, but also how do you be diplomatic about it? How do you work in tandem with so that you could continue moving forward towards these goals and everybody can be at least civil with one another and i think that's something that i greatly admire about every capricorn that i know is that they know how to keep a cool head how to be vibing with people even when they don't like them and that's the superpower right there and maybe that's papa saturn bringing everything in and like squeezing it keep a lid on it with just having that limitation there and I like that. That's like that's very long term. It's looking at if I just shut the fuck up for now and allow these people to have their space and me respect it, then I'm I'm keeping this set up so that the long term fruition of it can be attainable. And if something changes down the line or down the road, well then you can reassess at that point. But right now you're a queen on her way to be a king. So let's get practical. Let's see what's here and be civil about it let's see if we can go the distance weren't we just quoting that hercules song in the last diplomatic distance that's right and i think moving into 2022 being the year of mirrors and comparison and just decision making in general is the beautiful divergence that really shows off all the different like trajectories that we can possibly go and that's all roads are open to us all roads mm -hmm, when we are valuing the relationships around us and knowing and having that discernment to stick with the ones that are gonna help propel us forward Mm, i love that our next transit is on monday the 20th we have the comet of the wounded healer chiron stationing direct in aries and chiron has been retrograde since july 16th And the slow movement of this comet has had it focused between 8 to 12 degrees of Aries. So if you have a strong cardinal placement close to those degrees in Aries, Libra, Capricorn, or Cancer, then you have been and will continue to be healing some very big wounds in your world. Collectively, Chiron and Aries is about healing the warrior within, which means we have to know what it is that we're fighting for. And if it's really worthwhile to fight for, it's a pick and choose your battles transit that spans from 2019 all the way to 2027. So we get several years to keep learning these lessons. Mm. Some song lyrics that I really love for this transit are from Lord's new album on a song titled Secrets from a Girl Who's Seen It All, where she sings, remember all the hurt you would feel when you weren't desired doing anything for more touch. Remember what you thought was grief before you got the call. Baby girl, no one's going to feel the pain for you. You're going to love again, so just try staying open. And when the time comes, you'll fall. 
There's an energy of not giving up that's important to tap into as Chiron is direct. And there's an opportunity for self-reflection since Chiron stationed retrograde back in July, where we can ask ourselves, where have I felt wounded? One thing I see repeating for myself with Chiron and Aries is learning that choosing myself isn't selfish. It's necessary. And that self-sacrifice isn't heroic. It's detrimental. Chiron and Aries is teaching us not to be the martyr. It's teaching us to be an emotionally intelligent love warrior. So coming back to what I said when I first started talking about this transit, what is it that you're fighting for? This is a key question as Chiron begins moving forward. Uni, what are your thoughts on Chiron direct in Aries and how it connects to the tarot? My first question is... <laughs> <laughs> With it moving direct, does that mean that it's going to usher in more of this like feeling that's making us trigger those wounds? I think yes, in some ways. And that depends on whether or not you did the work since July when you were having these opportunities to internally heal some of the wounds. Because, I mean, all the wounds that we're talking about in healing, they're almost all of them are internal. Yeah, yeah. It's they're like, not usually like, I broke my arm and like I'm, I'm wounded. Well, yeah. no. It's I, like I, I was fucking like malnourished for five years in my childhood and I have food issues. Or that you want to be seen or heard or not seen or not heard. Something like that. Like, why am I out here putting myself out in the world when... Who am I to be out here? So that kind of like wounding. Yes. And it depends on the person with it being an Aries for the collective. It's about your willingness to take up space. It's emperor energy mm. in a big way. Yeah. But actually taking a look at where you have your natal Chiron is going to tell you even more about that story. And myself as an example, I have Chiron and Leo. And for me, it's in the third house. And the third house is the house of communication. And here I am talking on a podcast. And if that is not me trying to heal my voice by using it, then what is? Mm. And taking a look at where you have Chiron is going to help you and seeing is there an aspect between my natal Chiron and where Chiron is transiting now for me and for people who have Chiron and Leo? Absolutely. It's a trine aspect between the two because they're both fire signs. So they're working together. Mm. And even though trines are seen as a positive aspect, they can still be felt really really intensely well yeah it's a, it could be a triple it could be a triple threat that way exactly and so with this chiron direct movement in aries it's about continuing to hold that space for yourself but maybe having to bring it out into the physical world a little bit more like some of the things that you were trying to heal within yourself that you identified over the last several months now as we're stepping into the year of mirrors you're going to start encountering people who are reflecting back at you all the things that you don't want to believe about yourself or that aren't even true. And now you're going to not necessarily have to defend, but deflect yeah, and push that energy away because it's never been true for you. Mm. And that takes a lot of courage. Yeah. And Chiron and Aries is about courage. It's about valor. Yeah, your year of <laughs> word, your word for the year. Yeah. And being able to step out of the mirror in that way to be the mirror that's going to be reflecting or deflecting what is out there? Uh, I never thought about it that way, but I like that. Triggered and we were re reflecting on it. Now it's time for us to go and step out and be that reflection. Well, it's like, what did you learn about your wound and how are you going to use that knowledge to serve yourself and others 
as you move forward into the physical world. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of our wounds become some of the biggest, most important core messages that we are here to share. So share them. Even though sharing them can be scary and it requires you to be vulnerable. It could be breaking that limitation. Yes. It's like guilt, shame, being afraid to express. Let it go. Mm-hmm. Let it be. And after we have Chiron stationing direct in Aries, on the day of the winter solstice, we have the sun entering Capricorn, which is yin cardinal earth. It's the sign of the sea goat on Tuesday, December 21st. Capricorn reminds us that being successful requires responsibility and accountability. And the cardinal energy of Capricorn gives us the collective boost of energy to invest in our ambitions long term until we are able to see the fruits of our labors. It's also the sign with the most variations in how you can draw the glyph or the symbol that's used to represent it in astrology charts. Go Google that if you don't know what I'm talking about and get a look at it for yourself because I think it's very interesting. These different variations also speak to the versatility of Capricorn and it's due to this versatility that Capricorn always finds a way to succeed. Even if each challenge they face requires a completely different strategy, their energy reserves are strong and they're pretty damn unstoppable. This Capricorn season is going to be an important one for two reasons. First, we have the Venus retrograde in Capricorn. And so as the sun travels through the sign of the sea goat, we will have a spotlight on our relationships. Second, this is one of the last Capricorn seasons where we'll have Pluto in Capricorn as well. Because Pluto is going to be moving into Aquarius in January of 2024. Many astrologers are saying that when Pluto leaves Capricorn and enters Aquarius, we will see COVID truly come to an end. And I know that's both got the yay, finally it ends, but also the are you fucking kidding me? Two more years of this bullshit energy around it. And you're totally entitled to have that reaction. I don't know that I'm in agreement about this, but I found it very fascinating to read about and hear other astrologers talk about. And so I wanted to mention it, but back to this Capricorn season, this is going to be a really noteworthy one. And of the 12 Zodiac signs, Capricorn is one of the most goal oriented alongside Sagittarius and folks with Capricorn sun, moon and rising placements tend to make exceptional leaders and we can all benefit from embodying the hardworking nature of Capricorns during Capricorn season. But we also need to be cautious of overextending ourselves in the name of getting it all done. One important tactic for Capricorn season is to ask for help when we need it and to pay attention to what our bodies are telling us if we've been working too hard for too long. And with Venus and Capricorn, listening to the people in your life, if the people in your life are telling you, you've been working real late every night, you've been working real hard every day, Like they're trying to remind you to take care of yourself. Listen to them. Venus retrograde in Capricorn won't happen for a real, real long time again. So soak in the transit because it's here to teach us all something. Capricorn season is also going to kick off the winter solstice here in the northern hemisphere, which makes for the darkest day of the year. 
The solstices, like the equinoxes, are significant seasonal shifts of rebirth and regeneration. It's a time for soul renewal and deep self-reflection. My Capricornian ritual for the solstice, and actually always for my birthday too, is to go to the website futureme.org and write myself a time capsule email sent to a random date in the future over the next year. And this is something that I really love to do. I've been doing it for more than 10 years. No, this is not an ad. I wish it was. <laughs> They're a nonprofit. I don't think they make very much money off of offering the service, although I do donate to it because I value it so much. And sometimes the things that I write are just like stream of consciousness. Sometimes I'll drop some song lyrics. As you guys know, I obviously love song lyrics. I've quoted like five songs in this episode, I feel like. But just different little tidbits for myself. I'll ask myself questions. I'll write a little report on, you know, what's going on. Who are the most important people to me right now? What am I aiming for? What are my goals? I'll include songs that I really love so that I can go listen to those whenever I get the email. It's just a really cool self-reflective activity that if you have access to the internet, you can do and it is free. So I highly recommend it. And that is, I guess, my tip for the winter solstice. Uni, what do you think about the winter solstice? How are you feeling about this Capricorn season and how it relates to the tarot? Winter solstice is always my favorite just because it's saying winter is officially here and yeah, you can say we've been leading up to it, but there's also like this freshness to it. I don't know. I feel like the cold has a freshness that goes bone deep and it brings you back into your body. And I think all earth signs are very much body signs too. Maybe it's in the seeking of the sensations. Or at least for me, I think sometimes I can have like an element that is very much in my mind and not in my body or the other way around. And I think this is a beautiful time to kind of get into your body and be in it. Last year, I told myself that I was going to work on dancing being like one of my things that I work in in 2021 because it's my biggest insecurity. Mm. And the insecurity of something like that, when I try to put it into words, is difficult because my mind goes crazy the moment that I start trying to be within the fluidity or the expression of my body. And sometimes that's what I need to be tapping into more rather than the other way around because I could easily get in the mentality of it. And also, if it's setting us into the winter, at least in the northern hemisphere, it feels like the earth to me. It feels like the ground. It feels hollow. It feels cold. It feels very dark. But it's within that that's almost like the guarantee that spring is coming and it becomes this like halfway point within the year where I'm looking forward to the fact that now what I dreaded so long in the fall, which is to get to the winter, is now about to start going the other way. The days are going to start to get a little bit brighter. I'm going to lose my hour that I've been wanting to lose so bad. I love that perspective and it's very true and easy to forget on the winter solstice because it is the darkest day of the year that the days are getting brighter from that day forward mm -hmm. and that spring is coming and that after spring will come summer, will come fall, will come back to this fucking winter solstice energy and we'll do it all over again. And it's also 
a time of celebration and just reaping the rewards of everything that you've done of all of your failures all of your wins just being able to like tally them and looking at them being oh okay cool this is my revision period for myself as well what am i gonna leave behind what am i gonna continue nurturing moving forward and yeah I think it was on winter solstice last year that I determined my word, or I guess two, because I had two words for the year, was in that self-reflection and taking time to actually journal. I went to a virtual workshop in the morning and spent a couple hours in great company sharing a cacao ceremony, which was really great. So that's another thing that you could do to incorporate some sort of ritual into your day. I And just anything that you can do to self-reflect and then also not dwelling on what happened, but using that to inform what you would like to happen next. Mm -hmm. Because you can use all of those practices too as a way to get out of that headspace and and go out there and do it. Because sometimes we just perseverate on what we're going to do and then don't actually do it. And that is something that I was just talking about earlier. Am I right? And I'm really good at talking and sometimes not great at doing myself. So got to take my own notes here. Well, thank God that Neptune is station direct. Yeah, for real. And speaking of planetary movements, our final transit for the month of December is on Tuesday, the 28th of December. We have Jupiter re-entering Pisces. This is collective healing, deepened compassion, forgiveness and spiritually connected relationships that are going to be big themes for us with Jupiter re-entering Pisces. We can look back to the time period between May 13th and July 29th earlier this year to recall how Jupiter and Pisces feels for us. And if we want to look further back than that, we can reflect back to January to June of 2010 In September of 2010 to January of 2011, which was the last time that Jupiter was in Pisces before the 2021-2022 period. Jupiter traditionally rules mutable water sign Pisces, and so the planet of abundance is really comfortable and at home here, making this transit one of easeful expansion. Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac and rules the 12th house of endings and self-undoing. During this transit, we'll feel a call to participate in community events as an inroad to our ongoing evolution, especially with the lover's year and the background and the mirroring that's going to be going on. But we also need to be mindful of taking time to be alone and away from the energetic influence of others. On the light side, I think that we're all going to feel more romantic in our own ways over the next year, making this a wonderful time for beginning new relationships or deepening ones that we already have, especially with that Venus retrograde and Capricorn. (laughs) And on the flip side of that, it's possible we may choose to wear rose-colored glasses at times when we'd be better off seeing things as they truly are. There's a balance to strike when it comes to beauty and reality, and that's something that we'll all be unraveling together. It's worth taking a look at where Pisces is in your chart to get a sense of what is asking to expand for you over the next year, as Jupiter will remain in Pisces until May 10th, 2022. Then it's going to enter Aries, where it's going to remain as it's stationed retrograde on July 28th in 2022. And then eventually it's going to return to Pisces on October 28th, 2022, in that retrograde motion. 
And it's going to be there until December 20th, 2022. It'll station direct sometime in there as well. And this means that we're going to have another preview period to look forward to next year of Jupiter and Aries, but that's not what we're talking about right now. The focus for the next several months and right now on this podcast is on Jupiter and Pisces and how sweet that is. Something else that I've seen coming to the forefront around Jupiter and Pisces is an expansive awareness around mental health. We've all seen the shifts that are taking place in regards to speaking up and about one's mental health and how so many are fighting to destigmatize mental health and conversations about it. A great example of what I'm talking about was during last year's preview period of Jupiter and Pisces on May 21st. Prince Harry and Oprah released a five-part docu-series. Five-part docu-series? Yes, titled The Me You Can't See. And this docu-series focused on mental health and it featured interviews from a lot of different popular celebrities. That this was released during Jupiter and Pisces last year is no surprise to me, but I do think it perfectly illustrates the types of conversations we can expect to see happening more often over the next year. Another piece of news that we saw at the end of July, right before Jupiter left Pisces to re-enter Aquarius over the summer of 2021, was Olympic gold medalist Simone Biles pulling herself out of the gymnastic competition and choosing to prioritize her mental health during the Summer Olympics. And I believe that we will continue to see a growing theme of people awakening to the reality that taking care of ourselves enables us to better care for each other and our team. Simone Biles is an incredible athlete and human, and her courage to put herself first is admirable. We can learn a lot from her and people like her, and we can become people like her as we step into this year-long transit where expansion awaits us. Uni, do you have any thoughts on Jupiter re-entering Pisces in the year ahead? I see it more as pertaining to a lot more creative and like spiritual expansions oh yeah things things not seen on like that side of the spectrum and it's so interesting whenever i approach this because it's definitely that both and where do you strike the balance between like over idealizing something and seeing it for what it actually is and that (laughs) that's a big gray area (laughs) does the pisces moon person like myself yes but overall i just i have no doubt that it's going to be what it needs to be as far as like the creative expansion. I could already feel it. It's almost like you can say more without saying it by showing it, by being it, Mm. by feeling it. And as somebody who is in their mind a lot, I like to play with this. I even asked one of my friends like, so how do you tell when you are getting a download, whether you're thinking it, or if it's a spirit. I don't know. How do you tell? No, at least for me, I'm convinced that it's not a download when it is. <laughs> oh. Because you're like, oh, yeah, that makes too much sense. Maybe not. Life is just a huge paradox of everything anyways. So, I mean, it only makes sense in one way and then make no sense in the other way. Yes. And I, I think you're right. I think you're onto something there because... Often the messages that I most need to hear are the ones that I'm like, how dare you? (laughs) Shut your mouth. (laughs) How dare you reflect that? I'm like, oh my gosh. I do not look like, I do look like that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And that's the mirror. 
of the world. Yes, and it's the mirror of the lovers, which is going to be a really big focus for the next episode that we do for the January Transits and Tarot episode. And speaking of episodes that are coming out, apologies for not getting more episodes out, guys. It has been a wild year for me. Yes, it has. And I'm sitting on several, so you can definitely expect there will be more to come. And I'm also hopeful that we're going to be doing the Astrology of 2022 episode, but I have not been able to schedule the recording for that yet because schedules are tight with the holiday season. They always are, especially because I typically bring on another Sagittarius for that. And us Sagittarius, we like to travel. (laughs) We're kind of hard to catch sometimes, myself included. I won't necessarily be in town all that much in December. So the days to make that happen are slim, but certainly not impossible. So I'm going to do my best to try to make that happen. But if it doesn't happen for me, I definitely know a lot of different astrologers who offer something similar and I will be linking to them if I don't have the opportunity to bring my own astrology of 2022 episode to life. Yeah, we'll feel into it too because you love to shoot so many arrows. It's very true. I have a lot of arrows to shoot and I'm running out of targets. (laughs) (laughs) Out of fuel. That's right. So with that all being said, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you guys so, so much for your support through the last year. Plus, I know it has been quite the time that we've had on this podcast. The majority of this podcast has existed during this pandemic, which is really interesting. Wait. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because it launched in the late summer of 2019. That's right. And we were talking about the pandemic of dancing that happened in France. And oh my gosh, that's so <laughs> wild. And then there was an actual pandemic. That's true. Go back to the episode and re- revisit it. Or maybe don't because I don't think we were as funny then. I don't know. Well, <laughs> we'll have more time to develop that. That's true. That's very true. So that's all that we've got for you guys in this episode. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We'll see you again next year and it will be so 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 much better (laughs) so good so good and have a soul filling Mm -hmm, like new year's holiday whatever you're celebrating enjoy it enjoy all the burritos for me thank you oh my gosh we had so many burritos before we got on here (laughs) we are soulful of it like but for real this time yeah all right that's it bye